superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And there is your dagger. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 319. Are you ready? Aaron Rodgers here. What is the change that you received that allowed you to say, okay, let's do this? Trust. Rodgers sends it out left side. Aaron Jones wide open. Touchdown. So it's nice to, to come out and have a good performance and get the trolls off our back for at least a week. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Plus 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live from Los Angeles, California. Two weeks in the National Football League books right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host. Thrilled to have you with us here on NBC Sports on Peacock or Sirius XM Channel 211 NBC Sports Audio. Each of those entities, we follow the Dan Patrick Show every day from 12 to 3 Eastern. If you're streaming us live on Odyssey, hello. Also, if you are all listening to us on a Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate, add a boy, add a girl is basically what we're saying. Uh, and certainly to your uh, program director, smart enough to say, let's uh, let's get the Rich Eisen show in your ear gate. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here. Hang with us. The us being me and three other people. <laughs> we have names. Bad. <laughs> how are you, Chris Brockman? Hey, oh, I'm great, Rich. Mike Del Tufo, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Rich, like Chris. TJ Jefferson, how are you, brother? I'm just waiting for the day we get put on in Altoona, Rich. I mean, how do we make this happen? Well, you're you're an above the fold man in Altoona. They'll put us on there. Right now, you're still below the fold in that newspaper, right? <laughs> Look, man, I'm trying to help you out. Uh, okay. Just have your people contact people, man. Let's do it. I am my people. We'll on it. That's the thing. Well, we're on in Ann Arbor now. It's good times. Hey. Yeah. So it's great. You know, go blue to everybody listening to us in the great state of Michigan. Uh, hey, um, I kind of get the sense, I don't know about you, that the Green Bay Packers spotted the rest of the National Football League six quarters. You got six quarters to get us. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of got that sense. You think so? Yeah. Like, and and somebody I think forgot to tell the Packers it's a 17 game season, yeah. and um, that that's the I think that's maybe the only explanation because certainly isn't that they didn't care, right? Which Aaron Rodgers took care to point out to everybody in the media and whoever the media is being um, uh, listened to by, and uh, of course they care. It just is a clunker. They have clunkers before. It just did never happen in week one. You know, they're 13 and three seasons with uh, with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers hooked up together and the Packers organization riding the two of them together. 13 and three seasons. Each had a clunker. Just didn't happen in week one. And then in week two, the Monday nighter last night, Lions come out with a seven play, 75 yard touchdown Drive. Look good. Yes. <laughs> and then we're playing those two deep safeties as the Manning brothers on their Manning cast on ESPN2 were talking about. 
basically daring Aaron Rodgers to throw deep into the teeth of coverage. And instead, they just kept on running the ball, running the ball. And then when it came time to being in the red zone, flipped it to Aaron Jones as opposed to handing it to him. And that's the way they stayed in the game with a very game Lions team that took the lead to the locker room. And if the Packers season proves to be similar to the two previous ones, which is double-digit wins and a deep run in the playoffs, and I think it will, we'll look back on the first drive of the second half of Monday Night Football and say that's the moment. That's the moment when it started to come together, and that's the moment where the Packers looked at everybody and said, we spotted you six quarters, folks. Saints, congratulations. We tipped the cap to you. Uh, We're just going to keep winning games so you don't take that tie break out of your back pocket and send us to the Superdome in a playoff game and a divisional playoff round or a wild card playoff round should somehow the Packers not win their division. Even though I think the team that's best equipped to maybe surpass them is 0-2 in the Vikings. But congrats, Saints. You're not going to use that tie break on us. And Lions, man, you had a half to build that lead similar to what Jameis did last week. Didn't do it. Only led by three. Because they come out of the locker room, the Packers, and they're sitting there on their own 24, third and 12, staring a five and out to start the second half in the face, punting the ball back to the Lions with a three-point lead for Detroit. And Aaron Rodgers fades back and throws one fifty yards to Devontae Adams first down. And then, a couple plays later, third and six from the Detroit 22, just outside the red zone, Rodgers on a proverbial frozen rope into the small window, or I'm going to now use the Gus Johnson phrase, puts it right in a shoebox in the hands of big Bobby Tunyon. (laughs) Robert Tunyon, his tight end, touchdown, Packers, get the lead, their first lead of the season, and don't look back. Final score, 35-17, the Tanyan touchdown, the only non-Aaron Jones touchdown of the night. As the two Aarons hooked up together quite a bit. Four touchdown passes for Rodgers, three of them to Aaron Jones, who scored one on the ground as well. Devontae Adams got his buck 21 on nine targets, all good in the hood as the Packers' defense began to take the ball away. Certainly helped when Jared Goff fumbled a snap of a wet ball with rain coming down. Also threw an interception, two turnovers that L.A. fans find somewhat familiar, as well as Goff, Missing on only a couple passes in the first half. I mean, golf is playing pretty well. I very thought, good. Yeah, I thought he played good. But those two turnovers towards the end were kind of the backbreaker. Record-setting night also for Aaron Rodgers, or milestone-setting night. He's now in the top 10 all-time passing list. Pushed John Elway out of the top 10. Didn't I know that? Take that, Duke. You know who's number nine? Favre? Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt Ryan. He's going to come and go get him. Favre's higher up on the list. Yeah, he is. Marv joined the Manning cast last night. Yes, he did. We'll discuss that later on. But for the moment, I just get that sneaky suspicion that the Packers spotted the NFL, the Saints and the Lions, respectively. Six quarters. 
one and a half halves they gave it to the NFL, right? Or two and a half halves, actually. One and a half games. I'm not good at conversion. Never was. I feel good about your Packers, Packers fans. Rodgers looked like the MVP. That's a not nasty triplet right there, Aaron, Aaron, and Devontae. That is a nasty, nasty triplet. Definitely one of the top triplets in the game, if not the top triplet in the game. Okay? Nasty. As you know, I think Kansas City's triplet is Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Well, if we were doing running back. Understand? I know. So, they're off to San Francisco. That's a kind of a blood sport game. As you know, San Francisco stood in the way of Green Bay a couple years ago. Handed them one of the clunkers in the regular season two years ago. Then beat them to gain the Super Bowl to represent the NFC. So Green Bay looked like the team that can do some damage deep into the season last night. We'll see if they can put it together. Lions are just going to, once again, take some sort of a moral victory. Hey, we let it half, which is better than last game. All you got to do is now do that at the end of a second half, and you're in good shape. They just treated that first game like the fourth preseason game, really. You know, I just think that, like that right? I don't know what happened. That was weird. I think it was just a general sense of 12's back, roll it out there. You know, they're not fully healthy. I, I guess it doesn't matter now either, right? Yeah. That it's just done, in the books, moved on. They came up with the big win, their only Monday night home game. And Rodgers, after the game, was feeling it. This is what you have to say uh, about all those that were saying the nay, the old naysayers. Here it is. I, I think that there's, there's even more now than when I started playing. There's so many overreactions that happen on a week-to-week basis. So it's nice to... To come out and have a good performance and get the trolls off our back for at least a week. Okay, so now when we hung up from him, when we hung up from him, Overreaction Monday, our Love weekly it. segment, Love it. highly popular, certainly amongst our YouTube fans. I would hope. Um, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Closing in on 300,000. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. We're counting clicks. We're counting clicks. Um, Let's go. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't part of that uh, course. I did not have a did not. I did not. No. Not. You did, I think, in week one, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I did in week one. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, Rich, just, a, lot of, a lot of guys, I watched some on. shows this morning. A lot of people on yeah. other shows really got caught up in their feelings after yep. after watching what Aaron just said. I was shocked. What do you mean? Well, a lot of I watched a few shows this morning, okay. and then after that, they aired that interview, they were like, well, who's he talking about? We didn't say that. Like, bro, like <laughs> they got so butthurt no, over it. a lot of people said it. A lot of people said that they were, it looked like they didn't care. Look, if you've been around football long enough, you know these clunkers happen. Marshall Falk, who came on last week, thought maybe there's some people in the locker room that needed to just kind of, it just needed a, a game to get cohesive with Rodgers being back, working through whatever feelings that they kind of had with him not being there. I'm like, but the reason why he wasn't there is because he was kind of flipping, you know what, to the management yeah, team, course. not to the players. Yeah. And it's just like, it, 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 it just takes time. Sometimes it takes time and sometimes these things happen, but that is 12, that's 17 and that's 33. I mean, that is a nasty group of people. And at some point, somebody's going to be the number two there. How about Randall Cobb coming up with a couple catches? Yeah. 
Big third down. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's why Rodgers wanted him there. That's why Rodgers said on our show that he feels like he's being heard a little bit more. Trust and hope. Yeah. Leading to something that was not, I wrote it down, something other than despair and frustration. Mm-hmm. Now that they've got that one, I wonder how many in bunches are going to come. That's my sense right now about the Packers. And then writ large, who's coming after Tampa? Now that we're turning pages, Rams, Bucks this weekend, right up the road from us, LFG. To use the phrase of TV12. What a game. Rams are favored in that game. Packers and Niners on Sunday night football. Oh, wow, really? Yes, sir. Oh, baby. Sunday night football, because if it's not the Rams in the NFC West, could it be the Niners that come for the Bucks? And if it's not the Niners that come for the Bucks, could it be the Packers who come from the Bucks? And if you want to come for the Bucks, you better have as many wins as possible. I would say because you want Tom Brady in your house. But that doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter, as <laughs> like, it was yeah. pointed out last year. It doesn't matter. Except this time, if there is a repeat, you know who's going back out there on fourth and goal. Okay. I would hope so. Yes. No, not hope so. It's going to happen. <laughs> I would hope so. And then there's the Monday Nighter. Some monster games coming up. Dallas, home opener. Okay. Okay. Against the Eagles. Because if Dallas is going to come for the Bucs, they better win that division. They better win that division. Mm -hmm. And as you know, there's only one bye week up for grabs. You want to win as many games as possible. Week three is pretty big. Despite there being that old extra regular season game, there are some very important contests this week alone on who can come for the Bucks, And it starts in a couple of nights with the Panthers staring 3-0 right in their face against Davis Mills and the Texans. That's can, official. Davis Mills will start. Can the calls come from within the NFC South house for the Bucks? A lot of people are shaking their head. You're one of them. Well, I'm shaking my head because Mike Tomlin told reporters today Ben Roethlisberger has a pectoral injury. He doesn't look right. Well, that's going to be part of my four downs as well. Every single Tuesday, I give you four takes, three of them straight up from the heart, one from the hot take gut. Well, you know, we of the week that just ended. So that's coming up on this show. Chris Long. Former Patriot and Eagle Super Bowl champion, now podcaster. I always love. He's just always love talking to him. Smart, funny, informative. He's going to be joining us in hour number two. Mike Florio's coming up in about five minutes' time to talk about, I guess, about Big Ben and all the other rash of injuries that hit quarterbacks and what that all means. And look who's joining us in hour number three, a first for us. Hey. I do not believe he has been on this program. I think you're right. James G, a.k.a. Jimmy G, a.k.a. the dreamy Jimmy Garoppolo. Didn't tell Suze before leaving the house Jimmy G was on the phone because I just wanted to feel good about myself for just two more seconds. <laughs> she would have gave the, oh. oh. Oh, yeah. The Brad Pitt, oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yeah, one of those. Jimmy G joining this program Ooh. before that Sunday nighter against Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of funny. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is handsome. Hold on a second. 
Oh. He's in the role of Rodgers in the fact that there's been a drafted quarterback right behind him, right in front of his face, and he's still starting. And he's also been in the role of Jordan Love. (laughs) It's true. A guy who's been drafted, and the 12 who's there kind of is pissed about being around. (laughs) But won't say so publicly at all. Now, Rodgers has, in fact, as we found out from Aaron Jones himself, been terrific to Jordan Love in terms of open door, helping out, filling with all sorts of knowledge if necessary. Many different ways to go with the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation later this on. It's going to be great. And I just happened to face the Packers on Sunday night, 2-0, and San Francisco. Oh, baby. And you, 844 844- 204 Rich. We'll take a break and we will get the latest on Carson Wentz and now Big Ben and Tua and so on and so forth. TJ Watt and Big Ben potentially being out for Pittsburgh. They're taking on Cincinnati this week. Week three has already begun. That's how we're rolling into our first break on this Tuesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Mike Florio when we come back. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
let's uh, reset, if you will, for our new audience. Um, which which show of national radio and television had you on in studio when no one else did, Aaron? Which show was that? Which show would what what would be the name of that show? Would it be called the Rich Eisen Show, Aaron? The Rich Eisen Show, when we did the uh, we did the forty outside. Yes, we did. We was watching people do the forty. We were watching people do the forty. I think you made them Run, nervous. Rich friend. I think you were making them nervous, Aaron. I'll be honest with you, because I certainly wasn't. I'll tell you that. But you were here. You were here. And so, so which show was pretty much uh, onto you as a force in the National Football League before any other show, uh, coast to coast? Would you say? Uh, the Rich Eisen Show, okay. uh, day one before I was even. Um, really getting any love from anybody else. You've been rocking with me, so I really appreciate that. And right back at you, Aaron Jones. What is your mindset going into 2020? Walk me through your list of goals, sir, please. Uh, just to be be more explosive, uh, be more productive, and uh, bring the title back to title town. I think that's our whole team's goal. We, we fell uh, just short last year in the NFC Championship, and we felt like we were close. We got an ugly taste in our mouth, so we just want to get back there and bring the title back home. And bringing that title back home, um, what about your goals personally, though? I mean, you're a team player. There is no I in Aaron or Jones. I understand that. But what 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 is your personal statistical potential goals what have you written down for yourself have you written anything down? Uh, i haven't written anything down yet but i uh, want to have a better year than i did last year and um like i said be more productive finish off those um five five six seven yard runs and turn those into big runs and um just be a consistent home run hitter for my team and your conversations with aaron Rodgers, what are they about when you have them uh they're, they're about everything uh how we can improve, uh, what, what he wants me to do on certain plays or certain routes, a um, uh, little screen, if it's a little screen pass, did I, nav- did I navigate it right? Or, um, and then just like communication from the O-line uh, and, and what they're doing on certain plays. And then um, just life out, outside of football as well. Uh, he's a great, great leader, true leader. He cares about everybody on his team. And what, what are you better at now than you were at maybe when you were here personally? Um, as as a rising star in this league, trying to make your mark, what are you better at? Uh, I would say uh, being being a receiver. Uh, I feel like I've improved on that um, tremendously since I've been there. Uh, and Coach Lafleur has allowed me to showcase that, and going to continue to work on that. Aaron Jones, first running back to have four touchdowns on Monday Night Football since our buddy Marshall Falk in two thousand. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We will take your phone calls here on the program. And joining us is a man who kicks everything off right here on NBC Sports on Peacock every single day with Pro Football Talk Live, the founder of Pro Football Talk himself, Mike Florio, back here on the program. How are you, sir? Rich, doing great, pal. How are you? I am doing fine. Rash of injuries at the quarterback position, including Mike Tomlin just moments ago. Um, dropping the fact that Big Ben's got a peck. Yeah, injury. left side. He said it will affect Big Ben's ability to prepare for Sunday's game against the Bengals. So, another one to keep an eye on. You know, we got through all of the preseason with a, a relatively clean sheet of quarterback injuries, and then week two, all hell breaks loose. And Big Ben, the biggest name that we now have to keep an eye on. What is the future there? I mean, what's the over the steering wheel? Um, plan and discussion 
I mean, there has to be. I mean, Kevin Colbert's one of the tops in the business at being your general manager uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think is going on there? We know it was a long 20 years for the Steelers between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger. They had good teams, but they never had that consistent year-in and year-out franchise quarterback. They had guys that looked like maybe they would be, like a Neil O'Donnell or Cordell Stewart, but they never really got there until they went 11th overall in 2004 and got Ben Roethlisberger. So at some point they're going to have to be ready to make that move unless they can end up getting very lucky with Dwayne Haskins. They liked him in training camp. He has yet to supplant Mason Rudolph as number two, but he had been moving in the right direction. I think they were hoping for this year for him to have a chance to develop quietly behind the scenes, and then maybe he gets evaluated as a guy who could take over if Ben doesn't come back next year. Of course, they don't close the door on Ben coming back next year, but it has always felt like this is it for Ben. And we don't know that he's going to miss any time, but they have to be thinking about the future. They have to be because it's far, far closer to the end than the beginning at this point for Ben. Yeah, the first couple weeks, the offense doesn't appear to be any more crisp or dangerous um, than, than the, the offense that fell completely flat after starting 11-0, and and that's despite drafting that kid, uh, Najee Harris, the all-world kid from, from Alabama. And now here comes a Cincinnati team that had a shot at you know, coming back on the Bears, if not for Joe Burrow's three straight pass attempts that went in the hands of Chicago's. Um, this, is no, this is no easy one. Coming and they knew week. that the offense was going to be a work in progress with Matt Canada in charge now. Juju Smith-Schuster told me before the season that they were going to have a lot of different formations and looks, and it was just a ton of different things. Ben Roethlisberger himself told reporters it's going to take some time to get to where they need to be. It is just kind of a weird vibe offensively. You've got four new offensive linemen. You've got Najee Harris there, but you still have Ben Roethlisberger. It's like a hybrid of the past and the future jammed together in the hopes that they can make it work in the present. And it looked great week one. It looked good enough. It's not like the offense was spectacular. But when the defense is playing the way that it did against Buffalo, you don't need the offense to to be one of the best in the league. It's just not going to be something that, that saves them defensively every week. You look at what the Raiders did, and they need to be worried about that happening again if the offense can't hold its own. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, a host of Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports. Uh, Ned, as well as NBC Sports on Peacock, joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. Carson Wentz, not one but two sprained ankles, and now they're 0-2, taking on a Titans team that uh, that avoided that same fate with a, a Derrick Henry-infused comeback win in Seattle. So this is a nasty set of facts and circumstances for Indianapolis. Is there... The plan is to just throw the kid Eason out there and hope for the best? Is that yeah, really what it is? Eason was the clear-cut replacement for Wentz when Wentz got injured and had the foot surgery in the preseason. But then Eason quickly lost ground to Sam Ellinger. Ellinger is recovering from a knee injury, so it's Eason who came in and promptly threw an interception on Sunday with the game still undecided against the Rams. And with Wentz, Rich, I've been trying to understand exactly what the issue is and why he gets injured so often. And I think what it comes down to is plain and simple – he holds on to the ball too long trying to make something happen. He got dragged down by Aaron Donald. Anybody who gets dragged down by Aaron Donald is going to risk spraining an ankle under the weight of Aaron Donald's body. You're not going to see Tom Brady at SoFi Stadium this Sunday getting dragged down by Aaron Donald. He's going to see Donald coming, and he's going to get rid of the ball, or he's going to hit the deck before he finds himself in Aaron Donald's clutches. That's the difference, and I think that's why Carson Wentz gets injured so often. 
he doesn't know when to call it a day and save it for the next play mm. and ensure he's going to be available. That's something Drew Brees stressed. We did a digital video after halftime of the Week 1 game involving the Rams and the Bears, and he made that point. And it's such an important point. It's so easy. But people lose sight of it when they watch the game and they admire when the quarterback drops his shoulder and drives through this and holds onto the ball. Every one of those moments where you have contact with a defensive player and the quarterback is a chance to get injured. You've got to minimize those. Wentz maximizes those, to his credit, but there's a fine line between courage and stupidity, and he's on the wrong side of it far too often. Isn't it amazing that you know, leaping for an end zone in the Los Angeles Coliseum a couple years ago in an MVP campaign and getting your knee blown up because Aaron Donald hits it didn't sink in enough? For Carson Wentz to see Aaron Donald again. I think some guys can't turn it off. I think that's what it comes down to when you get out there. Whether it's your throwing motion, whether it's the way you go through your reads, whatever it is that you're trying to do, once you get out there mm. and it's real, the competitive instinct takes over. And so many people treat that like a badge of honor. It really does become a problem if it's infringing on your ability to be available to your team. It's not heroic. It is, it is idiotic if you allow yourself to constantly be in a position where you get yourself injured. That's where Wentz needs to rein himself in, and I don't know that it can be coached out of him. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Took two weeks for the reality to just be staring everyone in the face, um, despite all the signs and the, the uh, writing on the wall, that there is no scenario under which the Houston Texans would start Deshaun Watson this year. 0.0, full blue Tarski on that front as Terod Taylor, God bless him. I mean, what a awful set of circumstances always seems to befall this man when he has opportunities. Looks like a hamstring injury is going to keep him out for the, you know, foreseeable future. And I know they got this kid Davis Mills that they drafted, but here's a team that kind of looks really stout on certain areas when we thought they would just be completely barren of talent and competition. Do you think there's anybody there saying, why Why not Deshaun Watson? Why not Deshaun Watson? You know, Rich, one thing that I've learned, and it only took me 20 years to figure this out, <laughs> when I speak very candidly about issues with a given team, fans get upset. Fans of that team get upset. Yes. In large part because they don't like someone saying out loud the thing that they are privately concerned about. But I view myself as kind of an advocate of whatever fan base I'm happen, happening to comment on their team at that given time. And if I'm a Texans fan... I'm wondering, what in the hell are we doing? We're paying this guy $10.5 million. How does it get to this point that he's not playing for us? Why aren't you telling him you're under contract? You're playing for us. Right. And I understand that they don't want to risk him getting injured and infringe and impair their ability to get maximum picks either now or after the season. I get all that. And, hey, there's a chance the NFL will say, hold on. No, no, we, we don't have to make a decision about whether or not to put him on paid leave as long as you're – paying him to not play, but if you're going to play him, then we got to do something. That's part of it, too. But I think it just comes down to he wants out. They're willing to let him go. They don't want him to play. They don't want him to get injured, and he's just off the table. And if I was a Texans fan who was paying good money for tickets to those games or spending my time that I could otherwise spend doing other things, watching those games and giving a crap about that team, I would be livid that it got to this point. Regardless of who's to blame now, the fact that it got to this point is a tragedy for the Houston Texans. And it's made evident by the fact that they're going from Tyrod Taylor to Davis Mills 
or Mills Davis. I think it's Davis Mills. There are so many quarterbacks in the NFL at the backup level where you can change first name, last name. I think we've done this bit before. But it's true. Mills Davis starting Thursday night. Well, and it's possible that Driscoll Jeff gets in, you know. Because, you know, and, and, and that's the question. Like, So do you think Watson would, would say no? Like if they went to him and said, look, look, we, we know what's going on here. It is such an an odd situation, awkward, whatever adjective you want to use, unprecedented that somebody as generationally talented as Watson is also at the same time untradeable and potentially unplayable. Like this is this is a Rubik's Cube that we've never seen before, Mike. But right. like, they, they, what about going to him and saying, I know you don't want to play for us anymore and we kind of don't want to play it, but do you see what we did to the Jaguars in week one? Do you see what we kind of are cooking here? Like, get on board, right? And the way the dominoes fall if they do something like that, it gets ugly very quickly. But they could. If they want to be distracted by it, and we talk about distractions all the time, some are real, some are fake, this would be real. If all of a sudden they decide they're going to go to Deshaun and say, we want you to show up and practice, and we want you to really try. We don't want you to half-ass it. We want you to show up and earn the money that we're paying you. And then they're watching him. They're studying him. Is he working hard enough? Is he doing everything that he needs to do? Is he really trying? You know, it's easy if he says no, then you can fine him, suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team. That's easy. The hard part is identifying whether or not He's just going through the motions, and that's the thing with a quarterback, and this may be why they're doing what they're doing. For all the other positions, you can draw a hard line and say, hey, get your butt to work. But for a quarterback, you need him to be so much more than just the guy that takes the snap and hands off the ball and throws the passes. He's the guy who's the leader of the team, sets the tone, shows up early, stays late, holds people accountable, brings the locker room together. You want, and that's why I'm a firm believer that quarterbacks need to have more of a voice in the overall structure of the team. Than they get because they're expected to act like bosses on the on the shop floor and and uh, if you have a quarterback who's committed to doing the bare minimum I don't think that's good for anybody and that may be why combined with we don't want him to get injured and we don't want to have the NFL say he's on paid leave and whatever other concern they have I think that's why they aren't going to him and saying time for you to earn your money but if I'm a Texans fan good luck getting my money if you're willing to give ten and a half million of it away to one of the best quarterbacks in football, that you allowed this to get to the point where he doesn't want to play for you and you don't want him to play for you, regardless of how we got here. This had its origins in the dysfunction that was pervasive in the Texans organization. Credit to them to get veteran players who are kind of wiping that stink away, but it was that stink from last year that has them in the mess they're in now. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. A couple more quarterback uh, scenarios I want to talk with you about. First one, uh, Aaron Rodgers because you just mentioned um, quarterbacks should get more say, and and clearly that is ex- what was at play with Aaron Rodgers from draft day and before and after until appearance day uh, at training camp. I had him on the show yesterday, and I asked him specific, like, what, what change did you get that's made you say, okay, I'll, I'll come back? And he basically said it was just trust and hope, that it's nothing you could stamp on a piece of paper, did he get, best on your knowledge, um, uh, an agreement from the Packers that we'll trade you if if things don't go the way for either one of us this year? Did he get that assurance? Best you I don't can know hear that or he tell? did. And, and Rich, you know, there's a belief out there that he got that assurance in this most recent offseason. Mm-hmm. And the, the fuse that ultimately was lit mm-hmm. was when 
they said to him, oh, no, we're not going to trade you, even though we said we would trade you after 2020. And that is the real cause of everything going off the rails in the offseason. So I wouldn't believe anything that the Packers told me verbally at this point, because they already told me if what I've heard and others have heard is true, that the Packers had promised him they would trade him after 2020. And then uh, apparently Matt LaFleur caught wind of it and said, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, Jordan Love's not ready, we can't do this. And I don't know that that was the catalyst to Mm -hmm. renege, Mm -hmm. but so I'd want want anything and everything in writing before I'd trust it. And who knows where this is all going to go. And, you know, Rich Sims and I were talking about this earlier today with the Packers, and this falls into the category of Packers fans get pissed when someone points this out. But if I'm a Packers fan, I look at this and I say, this damn corporate structure does me no favors as a fan. You had Jerry Jones yeah. on the uh, game day morning show the other day. Yes. And I understand there's a, a potential drawback to having a Jerry Jones, a Daniel Snyder, a single person who can be that driving force behind an obsession to win a Super Bowl. Corporate structure I don't know. Where, where is the obsession? Where is that one person with that overriding force of personality who will say, hey, you know what? We got close this year, but we weren't good enough. Here are the areas we need to identify, just like the Chiefs. What they, what they do? Their offensive line stunk. What they do? They spent a ton of money on their offensive line. They took advantage of opportunities to improve their defense. In, in Green Bay, I feel like they're content to be in the general vicinity of the porch and hope that once every 10 to 15 years they'll stumble up onto the, the, the welcome mat and kick in the door, whereas you've got these other teams with owners like Jerry Jones who are obsessed to bang on the door each and every year. And, and I think that's the fundamental cause of Aaron Rodgers' concern because the reason they're in the vicinity every year is him. Look around him. I mean, they've got some good players, but what do they do every year other than draft and develop? What do they do? They don't go out and identify guys who could come in and make a difference right now. Big-name players, key players. That just has been not a part of the culture there, and I think the corporate structure has something to do with it. Mike Florio bringing it today here on the Rich Eisen Show. Last one. Interpret for me what happened in Chicago yesterday where Brad Brad Biggs, uh, who covers the Bears, asks um, Matt Nagy if if Dalton is healthy – is he your starter? And he says he doesn't want to get into scheme. Biggs pushes back saying that's not scheme. And, you know, Nagy with his usual smile goes, of course it's scheme. And I understand he would say that it is scheme because the game plan with Dalton and Fields are completely different. You don't want to telegraph anything to the Browns. But then a PR representative comes back in the room. Biggs tweets out that the missive, the note, the message from Bears PR is Dalton is the starter if he's healthy. That's the answer. What is happening? Like, what, 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 what is going on with Fields not getting the start? It's definitely Dalton if he's healthy. What, what is the push-pull here? This is think? all part of that broader effort by the Bears to delay the launch of the Justin Fields career until they believe he's ready. It's about making sure he's ready, not getting him out there prematurely and hurting his ability to be as good as he can be next year. I, I think the the deal that necessarily was done when they traded up and gave up next year's first round pick to get Justin Fields is that everyone's getting judged based on what Fields does next year. So anything that happens this year is about making sure that you maximize 
the performance level of Justin Fields next year. And I'm not saying they're treating this like a redshirt year, scholarship year, whatever, but it would be beyond ludicrous for the Bears to fire Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and or Ted Phillips after this season when you've made the investment in Justin Fields. So next year is when everyone's on the clock with whether or not Fields is any good. So if they think that not putting him in a situation where he has, you know, four interceptions in 35 minutes or getting beaten around behind an offensive line that maybe isn't as good as it needs to be and they'd rather defer as much of it to next year as possible, that's where it's coming from. But, but Rich, this Andy Dalton injury gives them a chance to just kind of give him a test drive. And if Justin Fields fails, you don't have to say he was benched. You just say Andy Dalton's healthy. And when's Andy Dalton healthy? He's healthy whenever Justin Fields is deemed to be not good enough to get it done. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's falling right into their laps if they choose to play it that way. I just don't understand why, why the PR aspect of it isn't, you know, um, I guess that it, it, it does matter, you know, what you're saying and how you're terming it. Either the kid is ready to start or not. The kid went to Ohio State, pardon me, the Ohio State, and threw the entire damn route tree on Clemson in front of the whole country to make the national championship game, for crying out loud. You know, I, 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 I'm mystified, you know. I, I am just a little bit confused as to why the Bears are not just going to go and throw them in and take the lumps that the Jets, the Jaguars are clearly taking right now, that the Patriots are once again immune to um, with their quarterback. I, I kind of don't get it, Mike. I'll as, be, as I'll our be honest old friend, with you. Big Cat has said from time to time, hmm. dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. And that may just be the ultimate explanation at the end of the day. But they've got this guy that they believed in, they traded up for, and there's that hesitation to go all in. And I really do think it's about being careful now because next year is when they really want to get the absolute most out of Justin Fields. I asked the poll question of Mike before we send him on to the rest of uh, his Tuesday. Chris. Yeah, Mike, out the door. Which 0-2 team do you still have faith in? Colts, Falcons, Giants, Vikings? Probably the Vikings because they could easily be 2-0. and You know, you got John Gruden feeling good about the Raiders being 2-0. and They easily could be 0-2. It just shows you how, how thin the margin is on so many of these games. And with 17 of them now... To go through one of those close, heart-wrenching games, win or lose, you got to start all over again and do it the next week. It really is a, an amazing grind. And the challenge for the 0-2 teams, especially the ones who could have won either or both games, forget about those games. Don't let that 0-2 become 0-3 simply because you're feeling down in the mouth because you're 0-2. Mike, appreciate it. We'll see you on Pro Football Talk uh, in the morning. And then, of course, anybody who wants his new book that comes out in March called Playmakers, uh, how the NFL really works, parenthetically, and doesn't. Uh, go pre-order it right now where all books can be pre-ordered. Mike, thanks for the time. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Rich. Right back at you, man. You got it. That's uh, Mike Florio. Bringing it. Mm, I like it. Yeah, we're not seeing Deshaun Watson. There's no chance. There's, there, there is no scenario. Unless Davis Mills gets hurt and Driscoll is in there and he gets hurt. And then it's just like you're out of quarterbacks. Could you imagine? You're out of quarterbacks. You got nothing. What you're going to sign Cam from well, his couch? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, no, and I know it's crazy that two quarterbacks don't get hurt in the same game. Jets happened to Jets a couple of years ago. Happened on any given Sunday. That's nicely how done. Louis <laughs> Beeman got in the game. Uh, David Coley said on Sunday, if the backup had gone, Mark Ingram was going to run Wildcat. It's just okay. Okay. 
That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, well. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the program. Uh, we'll take your phone calls and set up a big-time story out of Philadelphia. Ben Simmons is making his stand. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. boy. A woge bomb <laughs> to wake us up on this football post-week two Tuesday. Right next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, as you know, we moved studios, NFL Network, to right, you're in, yeah, uh, to the new spot. I heard that. And, you know, I I haven't had an office in a long time because, you know, I I used to be there every day and I had an office. We had space. No, no, I had an actual office. No, I know. I'm saying. And then I moved and then I moved and they moved me to some other spot and then we ran out of space again. Like the places. Yeah. We took over every nook and cranny of that place. Got outgrown. And so uh, eventually it was one of those deals where like, hey, your office, you're not really using it anymore. We need it. Is that okay? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, we're going to pack you up. I'm like, all right. And they stuck all my stuff in three boxes that I have not seen until today when they sent it to here. <laughs> they all the stuff that was out there last that night? The boxes yeah. we found As we were leaving, <laughs> there were these three giant yeah. so boxes. throughout the next few days, like, I'm just going to show you stuff that was in my box. Ooh. It's like an NFL time capsule from the late aughts. <laughs> like show and okay, tell. Go. I show figured it was tell. stuff that you had from Tokyo Gold that oh, you had. stuff. James Laurinaitis bobblehead doll from the Rams. Should I open it up? Yeah. I mean, we could probably sell it on eBay, Rich. I don't know. Do you think so? That's it. It's unopened. It's It's taped up and everything. 50% went down right now. Oh, it's so small. I can't believe this. Oh, that's a mini bobblehead. Poor James. A little mini bobblehead. That's cool. Look at that. Look at that. It doesn't even follow. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, wait. No. The face mask came off it, too. Here's another one. Ready for this? Here's a Sam Bradford bobblehead. Oh, oh wow. Don't open these. We don't open that, Rich. We don't sell these. No, we could, yeah, we could put these on. You ain't, uh, ain't nobody spending no hard-earned cash on, on a Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford bobblehead. You'd be surprised. What you year is that, Rich? What year is I that? have no earthly idea. 
But for those who don't know, James Laurinaitis, his dad. Oh, he's a former, big wrestler. Yeah, animal. Uh, the late World War the, animal. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, right? James dad Lord. passed just recently, yeah. right? There you go. Now, this is something you're going to lose your minds about this. Oh, what do you got? This is, you're going to love this. Uh-oh. An unopened oh, I, uh, upper deck oh, yeah, 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 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me get that. Let me get that. By the way. Hold on. How much is this worth? What is it? It's unopened. 2001. 2011? Upper deck. It says football. There's no NFL on it. It's just like every logo's gone. Oh, it's a, a rookie Letterman signature per oh. box. Oh, yeah. Wait, almost, I almost took that yesterday. We should just Rich. open this on the air. Do it. Yeah. How I, much do you think this is worth? Like 20 bucks. I'll give it to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until you find like a Cam Newton <laughs> card in there and I'll see you later. 21. 2011? Or? Yeah, man. 11. 2011. That was when Cam Newton got drafted. I feel like we should open this on the air. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with these guys. Well, now i got to clean up my desk because they're coming back. And, oh, whatever. you got to do like, like they it. Here do we them, go. Like the... There you go. Content, baby. Content. Oh, it's it. king. I love it. I'm like seeing this stuff. I'm seeing photographs I haven't seen in like 12 <laughs> years and stuff. Checks I didn't cash. It's crazy. <laughs> back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Opening up stuff that was in a box sent to me from NFL Network from my office that got boxed up. It had to be about 10 years ago. So really? that stuff just sat in storage for 10 years? Yeah. yeah. Because, again, the <laughs> wow. stuff, the st- again, we just moved uh, spaces in NFL Network, and they just packed up an office of mine years ago because I wasn't, I haven't been there day to day since 2011. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah, so while. then I would use the space every now and then to come and we'd have a meeting on Saturday. I'd write my show in the office. And after a while, just more and more people would be packed into the same small space. I got a call from NFL Network saying, hey, you know, you're not using the office. We could really use the space. And I'm like, okay, I kind of don't have time to come clear it out. They're right. like, don't worry, we'll do it for you. <laughs> they were more than happy. <laughs> Wasn't the Goodfellas and, poster, your Goodfellas poster was on your wall one. Well, but yes, In right. The so days. there are things that I would then, I then brought from Rocky, the NFL Network office yeah. to here. That's right. Because the number of things that are here and the number of things that are coming here are all born out of Susie, my wife, saying to me, you know where that would look good? <laughs> Anywhere but Not here. here. I love the fact that Susie did that. Just Not here. You know where it would look good? <laughs> Away from here. Anywhere Not but my house. our home. <laughs> that would look great in your studio. Like, I get that a lot. And I'm kind of like, do you really think it would look great in the studio or you just don't want it here? So the Rich Eisen Show studio is in many ways a storage unit for me. And we're making good use of it. We are. Yes. There's a anyway, lot of... I found it. So I, there's in the 2001 Upper Deck football set that's unopened. It's totally wrapped in cellophane. It's a little crushed. Those are packs. We got to open we these. We got to open those. We have to. I don't even On know air. what's going to be in there. Let's the break. <laughs> ben Simmons says he, don't, he, he, he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia I mean, anymore. That's what he says, yeah. Can't blame him. Can you? Can you blame him? Wait, 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 wait. You saying can't blame him like the organization did him dirty or something? No. The organization did everything right by Ben Simmons. They paid him. They made him the number one draft pick. It's they, not the organization. It's the fan base that has just basically said, get him out of here. Yeah, you, had but, agreed, you agreed after he gave up the bunny in the playoffs yeah, but that, so, he, that that was an indication he was no longer a viable athlete for Philadelphia sports. Yes, you agreed but, to that. But so to say that it's he's not, had enough, it would make it seem like some all these transgressions were happened to Ben and now he's just like, I've had enough. No. 
you basically ushered yourself out the door by that one play. That one play turned an entire fan base. It wasn't even just the one play. It was the fact that I think he had eight total points in the entire series. Oh, in he the had a dreadful quarter. series, yeah, dreadful. but it was so, all boiled down to one. It was the microcosm of his problems. Yeah, I mean, that was the cherry right. on top was right. that play. Not can't shoot, won't shoot. Won't shoot. He went from the- can't shoot to won't shoot, which is where it went from, well, we're, we're still with you because we'll watch you grow to get out yeah and so he's like i i'm not coming back like Woj saying he's not reporting for training camp next week and he intends to never play another game for the franchise hasn't spoken to the team since a late august meeting when he told the sixers this is what's up and the sixers haven't gotten the proper offer for him in their minds because it's obvious it's over and now he's basically admitting that it's over and I, I can't, that's what I'm saying. I can't blame him. I can't blame him. Except for the fact, if he does want out, mm-hmm. he should show up and make it seem like he wants to be there. Yeah, I mean, you... Because but, you're, you, if you want out, you are basically tying management's hands to get you out. And you're devaluing yourself by coming Correct. out and making this, this Correct. stand. Correct. And, but, but you keep saying you don't blame him. It kind of, it's still kind of gives the impression to me like he was wronged and he finally had enough. He was never wronged. He brought this upon himself. So I I don't know. Is it like his management, his agency team that want to get him to LA, which I don't think the Lakers can fit anyone else on their team at this point. It's a fascinating conversation. (laughs) I know I'm serious because if you, let's just say we don't have a contract together. Mm -hmm. You don't have a contract to be here. I love you. I never want you to not be here. But let's just say we had a contract. Yeah. And I didn't want you to be here anymore. Okay? And every time you came to walk here, this campus that's kind of been barren here at AT AT&T since the (laughs) pandemic began, was filled with people who just said, you suck as Uh you're coming to work. (laughs) And as you're attempting to speak into this microphone, they start saying, talk more about Ashton. You know? (laughs) What's in your (laughs) big-ass grab bag, TJ? You You know what I mean? Like, no, no. Like, it's... And, and 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 you are plying your craft as you see fit, and people are all over you. I'm trying to come up with some analogy. So here. then that I would, would be, be like, a, what did I say or do or, to turn over? Or you'd you be on like, I, there's thir- 29 other shows. I'll play. I'll 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 apply my craft for any of the 29 more. I'm out of here. And as a matter of fact, to make sure you know I'm out of here, I'm not showing up for work tomorrow. And if I wanted you out as well, and I wanted you to be happy, and I wanted me to be happy because I want equal value for you. I would say you got to show up, make it look like you want to be here that makes sense. for as long as possible. But I wouldn't blame you for wanting to get the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? That was over. I mean, that was over. I can't remember a moment where somebody obliterated their viability as an athlete in the town, right? Maybe, that they were playing in maybe, and drafted by. I Right? I don't recall. Carlos Beltran not swinging that, uh, maybe. that third That's a good strike. One. That's that a was good one. one. But even he kind of got forgotten because they hired him as a manager. So that it took, <laughs> it took you know, he was, had to <laughs> for, drop for a For day. as long as the Super League lasted. <laughs> Belichick was the HC of the NYJ. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it, it hurt his trade value. And to think, Brockman, that I sat here months ago and you said, right. would you trade him for Harden? And I said, nah. Like, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll discuss more of this. That's why I'm not Because it's only just beginning now, man. It's beginning <laughs> to get hot. Hour number two, Chris Long, who knows about plying his craft in the city of Philadelphia. He's going to join us when we come back. All right, worst. Maybe asking him about this wouldn't be bad either. Let me text him, make sure he's aware. Worst basketball take. TJ not trading Simmons for Harden (laughs) or Rich not wanting to blow up the heat for Giannis. I didn't. Oh, no, no, let me answer that. Yeah, that's that's an easy one. Let me answer that. Let me answer that. Let me answer that. Guilty as charged. There is a very <laughs> high bar that's really a low bar. <laughs> and I will flat out admit there will never be a worse NBA take in this facility than the one of me saying, I'm not trading Tyler Hero. I'm not trading. I'm not breaking up the, like, bam, the, the, the heat. Draft I'm pick. not breaking up the Miami Heat bubble for Giannis Atetokounmpo. <laughs> There isn't going to be anywhere remotely close to a worse NBA take. I than will that. say though, you really believed it at the you time. You did. Like you were, you were trying to convince us every day. Like, and, no, Chris, what do you mean? Like they made the finals. It, that was like a week to long thing too. Uh, more than weeks. It was. It was, it it was, was weeks plural. Week, yeah. It was I was bringing it up to other analysts and guests <laughs> on the show, <laughs> yeah. trying to get them on my side. Right, right, every right. one, every one of them <laughs> was just like. Treated what? like I was trying to nickname him the natural. Like, like what? Well, they're all like, "What do you like?" Richard Jefferson was the best one. He's like, "No, you're, you're, what? Like, what? You're and crazy." You, and when you, when you first happened, it was like I was still kind of new here, right? So you had that take, and I'm sitting here going, "No." In my mind, I'm like, "Did you? Do you should you say something? Don't say anything." You just, and I was like, "No, I got to say something." And I remember just going, "Rich, but, really?" But the one that he brought up, I mean. Yeah, but it's, it's close. It's well, in the no, area because mine was well, just like a day area. long conversation. No, this is in the area. His was code. like he said weeks of pounding the table. Like well, no. also, he's in I an mean, area code, not in the zip code. Zip code's a little smaller than the area code. Also, it seems like Daryl didn't want to do that either. Yeah, for whatever reason. But you know. And then there's that whole Kyrie is like, he'll retire if the Nets get rid of him. He'll just what step up. He'll just, well, why does he, if you. No, I know, but where did that even come from? Well, like, I mean, the Nets are his childhood team, Chris. <laughs> right. Don't Sorry. forget that. Sorry, that, kid grew up, that kid grew up yeah. loving Brendan Byrne and the arena named oh, after him. Yeah. Hey, don't discount his love for Draws and Petra. Mary Kittles. Come on, guys. Keith Van Horn all day. <laughs> Man loves his team. You're right. My bad. <laughs>